You are listening to the Pharmacy Podcast Network. You are listening to Beyond the SIG, a prescription for transformative pharmacy care. Season two of Beyond the SIG is supported by the Pennsylvania Department of Health in partnership with the Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association. Funding was provided through the Preventative Health and Health Services Block Grant from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The contents of this podcast are solely the responsibility of the presenters and do not necessarily represent the official views of the Pennsylvania Department of Health or the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The Pennsylvania Pharmacists Association's podcast, Beyond the SIG, is a proud member of the Pharmacy Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the SIG, giving a shot about diabetes. My name is Dr. Isabel Litvak, and joining me is my co-host, Dr. Rachel Hay. Hey, Rachel. Hi, how's it going? Pretty good. It's uh, the thick of it in the residency right now, and I thought maybe we could share a little bit about our research projects, since that's something that we're really working on a lot. Um, January, February, March, it's kind of the big spot for us. Yeah, definitely. I can definitely relate about being in the thick of it right now. Um, I'm just trying to work on my poster right now for the APHA annual conference. Absolutely, me too. Um, we're working on that through top tier, and that's just a program that helps a lot of residents figure out their research and helps them give them guidance and feedback. So I'm also working on my poster for APHA, and um, my poster is actually evaluating how pharmacists perceive um, how they're able to provide counseling in terms of lifestyle modifications for in their pharmacies and through their workflow. And so I'm creating a survey, and after that, the participants will be able to um, sign up for an interview as well just to gather more information from them. What are you working on? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I didn't realize that that was what you were doing. Um, so mine is also kind of a survey. I'll be screening for um, poorly controlled asthma and as well as potentially undiagnosed asthma in um, elementary schools, middle schools, and high schools in underserved Pittsburgh communities. So I'm pretty excited. We're getting some results in and kind of compiling it and doing an analysis right now. So yeah, I'm pretty excited. Rachel, oh my God, I had no idea. That's so cool that you get to do like research with children. I didn't even know that that was a possibility for us. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty excited when they presented this idea. I knew right away that this was what I wanted to do. Oh, that's so nice. I'm so happy for you. Yeah, thanks. I'm happy for you. I'm excited to see your research. I'm really excited to see the results. Um, I also have a grant, so I'm able to incentivize for the survey and the interview, which hopefully means I'll get some more participation. Yes, incentives are definitely key for that. (laughs) That's awesome. Congrats on your grant. Thank you. Shout out to the PPA Foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, speaking, I did talk about top tier. So speaking of top tier, we have a bunch of residents on there. And one is a good friend of mine who will be joining us on the podcast today. Um, We'll have today Dr. Michelle Coverman, who's a PGY1 community resident with University of Pittsburgh School of Pharmacy and Rite Aid. She's interested in expanding clinical services in the community setting, and her passions include chronic disease state management in both ambulatory and community settings in hopes of one day practicing in the community providing disease state management with collaborative practice agreements. Michelle, we are so excited to have you today. 
I'm excited to be here. Thank you for having me. You guys are both really good friends of mine, and I'm just excited to talk today about some diabetes and just kind of hang out today. Yes, we are so excited to have you. I feel like you bring the best energy and you have a lot of experience with DSMES, and I feel like us as residents can all relate to what you're doing and kind of what we're doing as well. Yeah, for sure. All right, so I'll just jump right into it then. How did you get started with DSMES? Did you have any kind of trainings when you first started residency? And how were you, um, I guess, like incorporated into what the site was already doing? Yeah, so first I'll just backtrack a little bit. I did not even know what DSMES was before starting residency. Um, and it was something I found out through just program searching and I just fell in love with the idea of being able to participate in something like this because I've been impacted with diabetes in my family um, and always trying to encourage lifestyle modifications for your family members can be some of the hardest conversations you ever have. Um, and just something for me that I want to prevent, you know, developing diabetes in the future. And so being able to take what I learned to bring to other patients. And I just really love how everything is patient specific. No appointment looks the exact same. And it's really about the goals of what the patient has. And so that's like really why I love it so much. Um, so yes, I did get started with it at first with the PGY1 program. I got jumped into it right away, started doing um, the required learning um, to be a diabetes educator. So for that, you have to do 15 hours of continuing education on a yearly basis um, that you submit that is related to diabetes. It could be immunizations, it could be nutrition, um, lifestyle, medication adherence, or different new medications that are coming out. So it's really just surrounding that. And after that, you submit those hours and you're able to be a diabetes educator if you have an accredited, accredited site for DSMES, which at Rite Aid, we do have three accredited sites. Um, and the home location is at my store um, in Shaler in Pittsburgh. So um, it's a very kind of like independent small feel. Everyone kind of knows each other. Um, so it's really nice to be able to see patients in a different area as well as not just picking up their prescriptions, but talking about what's going on in their lives um, and really just focusing on their goals for medication management, lifestyle, diet, nutrition, et cetera. Wow, that was a handful. Thank you for explaining all was. that. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that you had like training before you went into it, which is nice because I I also, I really had no idea about DSMES when I was in school, even as an Abby. And when I was interviewing, that was a big part of why I like the program that I'm in right now as well, because Dr. Nicole Pizzino is like, diabetes is her bread and butter. So um, I think it's really cool to see that we were exposed to it as residents. How about you, Rachel? Yeah, so same with you guys. I actually had never heard of diabetes, self-management and education, but once I started my residency, that's when I was kind of introduced to it. And same with you, Michelle, I definitely kind of fell in love with the idea of being able to help people get their diabetes on track. So yeah, um, I guess kind of another question going off of that. Um, so how are you involved with the classes? Like, are you leading them? Are you 
precepting Appy students? Are you working with um, other healthcare professionals? What does that kind of look like? Well, in short, all of the above. Um, <laughs> but yes, we really do run it as kind of a residency-led program um, because for the DSMES like classes, you really have to attend about six to eight goal-oriented sessions for each patient. And then after that, the follow-up, they kind of complete the course if they need to, um, but we let it as follow-up as needed per the patient. Um, so I'm really the main contact person for DSMES um, at Rite Aid in Pittsburgh. And so we get referrals in different ways. We have referrals sent from um, the patients themselves um, through patients who knew preceptors from the past, um, who knew the program and, you know, they know family, friends or things like that, that are interested in getting, you know, DSMES. Um, and then we also have a um, physician's office in Washington, Pennsylvania, where I go to a site down there that's about 45 minutes away where we get pretty steady physician referrals for an endocrinology clinic. Um, and I utilize my API students a lot with DSMES. So um, a lot of it is the show me, teach me, and then you do it yourself. So I will bring a student with me um, and they kind of observe the DSMES appointment and get to learn about what the patient's goals are and um, assess what they want to do at their next visit. And I try to get that within their rotation. And so that way we can have a follow-up with the same patient. Um, so they're seeing continuity of care in a community setting. Um, and also we are sending many soap notes um, after each session to that provider that referred the patient to us. Um, I can make medication recommendations as well. So I have made a few of those along the way this year that um, have made very positive impacts for the patients and DSMES. Um, and yeah, so basically, yeah, in short, all the above, but this Appy students really do enjoy this. And I love being able to expose them to DSMES because that wasn't an opportunity that I had as a student. And so being able to see something different in the community setting, I think is really special um, and can be very empowering. I definitely agree. I think our Appy students with DSMES and DPP, like they're really excited. And I like how you said that method of how you show them and then they do it themselves. Cause I feel like that's similar to what we do. I like showing them at least like one class and how that runs and then having them take on something of their own and like prepping for it and everything, taking that extra time, but then sitting next to them and as they lead the, the class or the session themselves. And I think that gives them great autonomy and like they're making a difference too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so Michelle, you had kind of talked about um, all the different ways that you receive referrals, which is awesome. Um, kind of going off of that, I guess, what what's the typical patient like that gets referred to you? Are these typically people who just got diagnosed with diabetes or people who have really uncontrolled diabetes or maybe just people who have questions, like what, what does that typically look like? Yeah, I, I mean, it's really everything, um, but for the most part, I would say majority are newly diagnosed patients who are seeking um, lifestyle, nutrition, diet types of um, advice or like what they need to do, what is diabetes? I don't know what this is, like, am I gonna die? Am I gonna be okay? 
they a lot of patients I see they really want structure like they want you to tell them what to eat they want you to tell them this is how much you need to exercise um, and they really want structure but this is about the patient and taking their goals and making them happen and us just assisting them and providing them the tools to be able to accomplish those goals and that's what I really like about DSMES is that um, it's really up to the patient if they want to participate in the program or not um, and I think like for the patients who are newly diagnosed, it's very powerful for them to be able to understand the disease state and um, be able to make these implementations to their lives. And then I think also for patients that I've seen who have had uncontrolled diabetes for a very long time, and you know, and one of the um, standards, you have to talk about the complications of diabetes. Um, and so even going into that and talking about kidney disease, they're like, what? I could get kidney disease? Like, I had no idea. And it's just very eye-opening of like, you know, it's very hard sometimes to just sit down with the patient for 30 minutes in a physician's office or even in a community pharmacy. You know, our patients are coming and going. Everyone nowadays is on the go, right? So it's really hard to just take that time to sit down with somebody and really understand what's going on with your disease state. And that's what I really like about this program as well is that it's just, you really get to know the patients and what's going on in their lives. I really, really like that. I think it shows a lot about the relationships that you build with the patients when you can continue to see them and continue to, to, to provide that education. I'm curious, do you have any success stories or any patient in particular that you could think of that just strikes like a nice chord that you could share with us? Oh, absolutely. I was actually going to say I wanted to share a story. Um, so I have one patient. He actually just completed the program and he's had diabetes for a long time, however controlled. Um, and he was a patient that kind of transferred from resident to me. So um, I kind of started over with him in like September. And I was like, oh, I got your charts from your physician. Um, how are your kidneys doing? And he's like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, you have chronic kidney disease. And he's like, I have chronic kidney disease. <laughs> and I was like, oh goodness, here we go. Um, and so we spent a lot of time kind of backtracking and talking about disease states and complications. And he was the patient that presented and he's like, I eat a gallon of ice cream a week. I don't do any exercise. I'm not going to do any exercise. I'm not going to change the way that I live because I'm 70 plus years old. Well, the next month that I saw him after we talked about his chronic kidney disease, he stopped eating ice cream. He started eating vegetables, which wow. he told me he was never going to do. And he started walking 30 minutes a day, which I wasn't even expecting. I, I told him his goal was 15 minutes, two times a week. And so he came back full 180, completely different person, completely different outlook on life. And just like literally became like my adopted like grandpa, <laughs> you know, like I just, yeah, he was the best and I'm sad that he graduated, but I'm happy he graduated from the program. Um, and he actually, um, towards the end in December, he has a sister that lives in Kansas city and I went to pharmacy school in Kansas city. And he asked me if I could do DSMES with his sister, um, because she has very severe uncontrolled diabetes but I'm not licensed in Missouri, so I cannot provide that service. Um, but I'm trying to, you know, find connections with, you know, friends from school and things like that to try to get them connected. But that was definitely a moment where I was like, wow, this is what I've been wanting as a pharmacist and as a provider 
that I built that trust with this patient and rapport and that he's referring me to his family member. Like that's a lot of trust. And that's like speaks volumes about this program and like how much impact you can have on patients' lives. I just like, wow. Okay. Kudos to you because he walked in and was like, I'm not doing any of this stuff. I'm not changing my life whatsoever. And that is such an amazing success story. I guess now I'm curious, like, what do you think that you said or what do you think that you did during those those conversations with him that kind of led him to be like, you know what, I'm going to make some of these small changes? I think it was literally just getting um, some good history on chronic disease states and just asking open-ended questions to start the conversation um, and just sitting down and talking about his labs, you know, because patients a lot of times don't know what those mean. And we just say, oh yeah, your A1C is controlled. Well, I don't even know what that means. So I think just taking the moment to like explain what something means um, goes a long way for patients to have, you know, um, to be able to participate in their care. And so I think that that is what's really important. And I think that that is what's different about lifestyle modification and like, it's not just about diabetes. Like you can apply this DSMES to hypertension, hyperlipidemia, other chronic disease states, heart failure, you know, anything that needs lifestyle modifications, like you can apply this type of model for education. Um, And I think it's really just sitting down with the patient and just asking them the right questions and to open up that dialogue and to just be honest and truthful and, you know, just taking the time to get to know them and what their goals are. Wow, that's so great to hear. I love hearing your story about how you were able to kind of build that trust with that patient and just completely switch, 180 switch. Um, So I guess kind of switching gears here myself, um, can you tell me about barriers um, that have come up, you know, maybe during the... um, diabetes classes or maybe even just getting referred or getting patients to even come to that first class? Like what are the biggest barriers that you see? Yeah, one of the biggest barriers I faced was, you know, we got the referrals and patients set up their appointments, but then I would go to drive 45 minutes away to conduct these appointments in Washington and they wouldn't come. And that was like really disheartening because obviously I want to talk to patients, Um, but I implemented um, a Remind 101 app and using like de-identified patient information, I'm able to send like appointment reminders to patients and that helped tremendously Um, just to say like, please confirm by pressing one or if you need to reschedule, press two. Um, And it's an anonymous texting thing. So it's very easy to set up. So I was able to overcome that barrier, which was great. But another barrier that I is very difficult is definitely cost um, because we, you know, it's for a lot of times for pharmacists, like we're not considered providers under CMS still. So you can't directly bill under your um, NPI for the sessions. So we actually have patients submit their receipts to their insurance company for reimbursement because insurance companies are required to cover DSMES 
um, across the board anywhere in the United States. So that does add some like transparency, um, but still cost is a barrier for some patients. COVID-19 is still a barrier as patients don't wanna be in person. Um, and doing it a telemedicine visit is feasible for us, but it doesn't really, it's not the same thing as trying to get to know the patient, like when they're in person for, especially when it's something like this, where you have like materials to hand out and things like that. Um, and so that makes it difficult. And then at our home sort 1944, um, a majority of it is UPMC oriented. So patients have to go to a UPMC DSMES provider educator, which is great that they provide that um, continuity of care for patients, um, but it does limit to me <laughs> to be able to work with patients. Um, so for us, we have just mostly self-referring patients, but we are like actively recruiting patients at our home store, um, just with like flyers and just by word of mouth and just trying to talk about it and, you know, putting little plugs in, like if I see a patient that's filling a lot of insulin or their insulin regimens changing, I'll just put in like a sticky note in their bag just to like talk to me about DSMES to see if they're interested. So we're just trying to start that dialogue. And I think that's like a really good place to start. I love that idea about the sticky note. I need to incorporate that myself because I'm trying to figure out while I'm staffing how I could talk to patients more and tell us about or tell, sorry, tell them about the services that we have because we do a lot in the clinic right next door to the pharmacy, but it's just getting the word out there. And I think, honestly, Nicole and I have been talking about like this whole sticky note thing and like putting like a pink one for hypertension or like a blue one maybe for diabetes and making sure that the techs at the register know that means like call Isabel over so that I could go talk to them. I absolutely mm -hmm. love that. Um, I also wanted to ask you, I know you kind of mentioned it earlier about like the resources maybe that you use, like what kind of handouts do you give out or is there anything that you use to help patients maybe when it comes to medical supplies or um, referring them for some kind of eye care or foot care? Do you guys have anything that you do for that? Yeah, so with like the DSMES accreditation, you have to be able to provide resources to patients in their community. Um, so regardless of if they're self-referring or if it's physician referred, um, I will go through and like find the resources directly for the patient, um, making sure that they're able to get transportation there if that's an issue or, you know, insurance, making sure it's within their network, things like that. So I kind of work with them personally to try to help um, find where they need to go. Um, but yes, we do provide resources for like fitness centers or, you know, if they want to see a dietitian specifically, um, or podiatry, things like that. We do provide that service for patients. What about like any kind of handouts or I don't know, like sometimes when I'm at clinic, I'll use the CDC has like this really nice handout that is like a, a traffic light where it's like green red mm -hmm. and yellow to explain like the different values for diabetes, pre-diabetes and like, I guess, so-called normal. Um, and so like sometimes that's something that I like to use to kind of circle where the patient falls and just give them a visual. Do you use mm -hmm. anything like that? Yeah, we have resources that we hand out from um, the ADA that we got for free from DSMES. Um, we have resources from like OneTouch, 
um, Vario and just different things like that, that a lot of them are handouts handouts about nutrition because that's a lot of times where patients want to focus on um because they are like oh i'm told not to eat any carbs ever again we're like no that's not true (laughs) so we want you to eat carbs just good carbs and so um a lot of the handouts revolve around that um some of them are very like detailed on you know carb counting some of them are very like plain specific with my plate that's like my go-to um handout that we that I like to give out to patients because a lot of times patients are like I just don't know how I'm supposed to eat and so um a lot of it's focusing on like well you need to eat on a nine inch plate and like this is what it needs to look like here's the foods that go in there um so a lot of times I'm handing out those types of resources is kind of my go-to So Michelle, I guess just to kind of wrap things up here, um, going forward in your future career, what are going to be the biggest takeaways from DSMES that you're going to use in your future career? Um, So I will always ask about lifestyle, nutrition, diet, exercise for any patient for that I see, um, regardless of what setting that may be in. Um, And I know that a lot of times we don't have enough time to talk about everything, but it builds. And you see that patient, you know, maybe once every four weeks or once every six weeks, maybe more often than that, but you have time to add it in. So if I remember this patient, you know, in my notes, I talked to them last time about, you know, walking 20 minutes, you know, 20 minutes, three to five times a week, following up on that. Hey, were you able to accomplish that goal that we talked about? And I think it's not just, you know, following, obviously we want to follow like guidelines, specific goals. Like we want your blood pressure to be less than 130 over 80 or 140 over 90. But then instead of just saying controlled or uncontrolled, like adding patient specific goals, like, you know, this patient wants to incorporate eating less salt in their diet or exercising more, walking more because they want to incorporate this lifestyle modification. Like I think sometimes we get so focused on the medications because we're the drug experts. Um, But I think it's good to sometimes take a step back and just to get to know the patient and to know like what their life goals are, you know, for their disease states because they're not going anywhere. I like that so much. I am particularly happy that you say that because uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm a certified personal trainer and my research is even about lifestyle modifications. So that's something that I'm passionate about. So I love that you're able to take that with you um, in residency and and beyond. Yes, I am so glad that I got to be a part of this program this year. And it has changed a lot about how I want to practice in the future. Well, thank you so, so much for being here, Michelle. Rachel and I had such a fun time talking with you today. We really appreciate your time. I know you must be so busy with residency stuff. We all are busy, so that doesn't change. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for being here. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Beyond the SIG, giving a shot about diabetes. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of Beyond the SIG. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and others on the Pharmacy Podcast Network on any of your favorite podcast directories. 